grateful. We're grateful to God. Amen. You ready for the word? All right. Let's, I want to look at two passages. This is what we call in school a synthetic text. One is in James chapter 6, and then we'll jump to Ephesians 4, and then we're going to go into our message. We're, we're looking at proverbial life, and the first week we talked about wisdom. It was kind of establishing um, just some of the basic principles in Proverbs. There's no way in the, in the weeks that we're going to be teaching on here that we're going to be able to cover everything. But uh, so we've just taken a list of some topics. We've done wisdom the first week and friendship last week. Today we're going to, we're actually going to talk about something that everybody has a problem with, and that's the tongue. Now, if you look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking about me, you just lie. So let's, let's just look at that. Let's just, let's just go by what the Bible says. And then we'll all be at the same place, and then we'll see what Jesus does about it. Uh, James chapter 3, verse 6. Actually, I'll start in verse 5. It says, James chapter 3, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. That's just so, that's, I mean, James says your tongue is a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. All right, you can hold your amen if you want to. Let's go to Ephesians chapter, I get it. Go to Ephesians chapter four. Yeah, Ephesians chapter four. And then we'll just read a few there and then we'll pray and we'll get right onto it. This is not gonna be a long lesson, long message at all. I'm just thinking you're gonna get it real quick because you're a good church, great church. You love the word. You came ready, came prayed up, came prepared. Heart's ready, mind's ready. You done fought off demons. You done got stuff out your head. You came here with your heart and mind ready. Say, bring it on. I want to know what Jesus is saying to me. Amen? So it ain't going to take long. It ain't going to take long. Ephesians 4, 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such, is, such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Can you say amen? Lord, help us uh, to just declare what I believe you've, you've given for me to communicate. I want to do it in the manner that the Spirit guides and directs. I trust your anointing. I, I stand as an empty vessel, Lord, that that needs to be filled. 
And I thank you for being able to know with confidence that you love your people enough to bring them the word, Lord God, that's going to help them and their soul. So, Lord God, we hear, hear from you. We receive what you're saying. Help me to proclaim it, Lord God, with clarity by your anointing that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. I um, uh, remember an occasion, it was years ago, there was a, a gentleman preaching and he asked how many people had a problem with their tongue. And I want to say half the congregation raised their hand. And he says, well, go ahead and bring your tongue and lay it on the altar. Now, the punchline of that is you can't do that without bringing you. You, you, you get that. You can't do that without bringing you. Proverbs speaks more about the tongue than any other place in Scripture. But ultimately what it's speaking about is, is us because the substratum of what comes out of our mouth is absolutely defined and distinguished by who we are in our heart and in our mind. Uh, it's, uh, we know the tongue to be a marvelous instrument. Many of us like to eat. And if any of you have ever experienced where your taste buds are not, are not functioning properly, food, food is not the same because the tongue is what helps us to do that. We talk with it. We praise with it. We worship. We can tell jokes, tell stories. We teach so many so many more. And if you, if you run out of something to say, you can just stick your tongue out of somebody. They, that, that makes a statement. But, but there's so much we can, we can do with it. But it, it's, it's, it's a slippery booger. I mean, you can, you can grab a hold of your finger, you can grab a hold of your toes, but you, you can't really grab a hold of your tongue. And because of that, unfortunately, the tongue can be used just like a, like a weapon of mass destruction. It can just launch things and say things that, as the scripture says, just sets things on fire. Marriages have been destroyed by the tongue. Relationships have been destroyed by the tongue. Families have been destroyed by the tongue. Churches have been destroyed because of the tongue. Governments have been jacked up because of the tongue and the tweet, but because of the tongue. Missionary efforts, reputations have been messed up because of the tongue. And the big idea that I kind of want to bring across today is that a, a tongue tamed can absolutely revolutionize your life and relationships. When that thing is tamed, it will change your life and change relationships. Here is what the scripture says. This is actually the, probably the key verse. We'll go back to those ones we read. But Proverbs 18:21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. The tongue can bring death or life. Basically what the writer of Proverbs is saying is that words kill or words give life. It's, it's really a matter of, of a choice for us. We can, either, we can either bring forth poison or we can bring forth fruit. There's some incredible things in the scripture when you do a study on spoken and words. Again, we could do that in Proverbs, but it kind of defines what the result of it is, but, but just think about the fact that all of creation started with the words, with God simply saying, let there be. That's how much power is in the word. And by the way, in, in case you're wondering, I do believe in the Big Bang Theory. 
I do believe when God spoke, there was a big bang and everything came into uh, existence. Words give us life. Words brought about creation. Most of Jesus' miracles, when you read them, some he was physically there. But Jesus spoke and lame men walked. Jesus spoke and people came out of graves. Jesus spoke and lepers was healed. Jesus spoke and storms was stopped. I mean, we could go on and on about Jesus just speaking words because the characteristics, characteristic of words can be life-giving. And when we talk about life-giving, it's not just limited to God in Christ. That same principle and aspect can happen to us and through us. People, people live in the manner that they do because of words been spoken to them. Proverbs tells us that the tongue can be a, a tree of life. The tongue can be used to reconcile people who are at odds. The tongue can be a peacemaker. Marriages can be more developed and, and sweetened because of the tongue. Families can be stronger. Churches can be healthier because of the tongue. Tongue can give hope to people that are in despair through the preaching of the gospel. And so when you think about it, it's no wonder that Proverbs 12, 18 says this, some people make cutting marks, but the words of the wise bring healing. The words of the wise bring healing. There's some facts out of just drawing some things out of Proverbs, there's some facts that come out of there that are rather clear. And one that I'll initiate with is that the tongue has explosive power, explosive power. When you read the Proverbs, you can see the damage that it can do. And a lot of people's memories that they have of either childhood or growing up or even in relationships is based on the things that people have said to them. Some of people's most painful memories, when people sometimes communicate things when we're spending time together or in, or in a time of counseling, it's not always when they say, and you know what this person did? Oftentimes it's, do you know what this person said? Do you know what they told me? Do you know what they said to me? And sometimes those, those memories unfortunately build monuments. Now those are monuments that should be taken down. Those are monuments that should be destroyed, but oftentimes because of what people have heard someone say, people's whole life can be ruined by somebody spreading rumors or putting out a bunch of gossip. People have spent 25, 26 years in prison unjustly because somebody said something that they said they witnessed. People have been taken off course in all of their life pursuit of Christianity and faith because some, some cynical professor made some snide remark about faith and has completely thrown, thrown them off. And that's what people shape their life with. I'm going to read this out of the messages, James 3.6. It says, a careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. The tongue has that kind of power and that kind of ability. I, 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 I think one of the falsest things that we probably, many of us heard when we were child, children was sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It didn't take us pretty, too long to realize that that's, 
that's not true. We might have tried to act like it, it didn't affect us and even repeat it. I remember saying it to people so many times, sticks and stones will break my bones, but what you say won't hurt me. And I get just away from them and I'm crying like a baby because it did. And so throwing those kind of wounds at people, I've met with people who have heard words said to them like, I'm sorry I ever married you. Or heard words from one of their parents says, I wish you never had been born. Those things are explosive and can jack up somebody's life. Another fact that is commonly grabbed out of Proverbs is that the tongue can get us into a lot of trouble. We can personalize this. Our tongue can get us in a lot of trouble. How many willing to admit that your tongue has got you in trouble sometimes? I'll raise my hand, both hands, and twice. Because it's a fact. It's not always intended, not always, not always thought the effect of it would be that way. But I think you'd be, you'd be foolish if you didn't think that your tongue hasn't got you into trouble in one time or another, if you're honest. Proverbs 18, 6 and 7 says this, A fool's lips walk into a fight. And his mouth invites a beating. That, that was my reason for fighting when I was young, yeah. A, a fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. And so oftentimes, because of the things we say, not only does it cause a problem for others, but it can cause problems for us. But here's another fact. If you keep reading Proverbs, and hopefully you're reading a proverb a day, you'll find something else there that the Scripture teaches, and that's the tongue can bring, us, bring others um, blessing and delight. It can do just that. And it's designed to do that, honestly. Hear this out of Proverbs 18.4. Wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. I love that passage. Because it says the wisdom that we speak can really run deep into people's lives and continue to bubble up just like a spring or just like a brook. And you know, all of us have plenty of practice. We have plenty of opportunities to get this right. I read this study. There, there's many studies out about this. The most, the one that was the most fullest was 2007, but the one that was most recent was 2014. And in that study, it said that most of us, the average person speaks to close to 700 times a day. That speaks 700 times, not words. Words is, uh, and I'm not saying anything, but it, it still says that women talk more than men. I'm not saying that because I don't know if that's true. I'm just going by the study. But it says for women, it's 16,215 versus men, a little over 15,000 words a day. That, that may not be true, uh, but so don't, don't hold that against me. But, but here's the issue, though. The bottom line is we got, plenty of, we got plenty of opportunity to say things that would be real good and help and a blessing to people. You guys get that point, right? We got plenty of opportunity to do it. You know, if I could say a side note, you, you know what else this study, uh, and I thought I put in here what the, where I read the study from, but the study also said that we check our phones 150 times a day. Now think about that. In context, uh, the same study said that most folks are woke 15.3 hours during the day. That means we check our phones 10 times an hour, which boils down to every 
six minutes. Uh, can I dare to say we check our phone more than we have conversations with people? We're more in tune to what's going on with the media than we are in tune with people in our very own life. That's a side note. One more side note, though, but kind of feeds into this. That same study said that the average person will curse 80 times over a course of a day. I don't know about you, but hearing people use certain words in certain contexts still hurts my ears. But it's become so common. There used to be a time when, when people wouldn't at least try not to curse in front of women and children, but nowadays that don't seem like that matters at all. People will just say whatever's on their mind and basically say, if you don't like it, that's who I am and too bad. But that's not us, and I'll get you there. That's not us. Here's what Proverbs 25:11 says. Like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. It's a beautiful picture. Some versions of the scripture might even say, it talk, it, it, instead of describing apples of gold, it may say uh, apples of gold and the setting of jewelry. But the, the picture is like looking up on uh, a, a diamond ring, looking up on a, a beautiful piece of jewelry. That's what our words can be in the right circumstances. And as Christians, we're counterculture. So we don't speak the same way the world speaks. We're counterculture. We don't talk the way the world talks, or we, or we shouldn't. We know and we understand that our tongues should be used for the glory of God. That was an amen moment. Our tongue should be used for the good and the glory of God. And honestly, that's the win. The win for the tongue is to speak things that glorify the Lord. These are just three quick verses out of Proverbs. I'm not even sure if they're on the screen, but it says the lips of the godly speak helpful words. That's the win. The lips of godly people speak helpful words. Proverbs 12, 25. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. That's a win. Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words makes tempers flare. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing. That's the win that we use our words and use our mouth in a manner that's helpful, a manner that's encouraging, a manner that expresses knowledge. Now, I don't want anybody to misunderstand this because understand this, sometimes when you give people truth, everything you say is not going to make the person feel good. That don't mean you failed with the tongue. Are you following me? Discipline and correction and telling people truth and righteousness may not always make people feel good, but the idea always when you do speak to people is for a good purpose and a good end. Everybody understand the distinction? Because listen, if you, if, 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 if you, if you don't get this, when you get home and you say something to your teenager, they're going to say, I heard the pastor say, you're just supposed to build me up. You're supposed to say something cheerful. You ain't supposed to say nothing like that. No, because I don't feel good about what you just said. That ain't the point of words of making a person feel good in and of itself. Y'all following me? And, and the reason I say that is because we live in a culture when you do say things that are true and sometimes correcting and sometimes people are disciplined, people will tell you, I'm not feeling love right now, I'm feeling hate. That's just a misunderstanding of what love is. Because love sometimes will whoop your behind. We talked about, oh no, 
That's next week on parenting. I ain't got the butt whoopings yet. That's next week. We'll get there. But, but words are designed to speak truth for the purpose of building up and encouraging and pointing people in the right direction. Now, here's the issue. The issue is what fills your heart. And this is where, honest, where I need to be honest. Because as easy as it sounds for me to communicate these things, the Scripture tells us we have a problem. And we've learned from the Scripture that the tongue does not operate on its own. The tongue only operates and speaks what we're thinking in our mind and what's in our heart. That's where it's coming from. And so... Whenever, for example, whenever you go to the doctor, don't you find it interesting? It doesn't matter if you go to the doctor and you say, man, I have a rash on my leg. He'll say, open up and say, ah. He wants to see what your tongue looks like because the tongue tells something about what's going on in your body. It's supposed to be pink or somewhere of that nature, but if there's discoloration in your tongue, then that sometimes is an indicator that something is going on within you that's not good and not healthy. And what that says to us from Proverbs, and even honestly what that says on the physical standpoint, if you want to know a person's life and character really is, just listen to what they say. Listen to how they talk. That's a barometer. That's, that's an index. That's a revelation of what's going on in the heart. Oh, can you guys help me with the table for a minute? Because a person's speech will reflect his or her character. I want to just do a, a quick visual with you and, and hope you get it. I think we'll have it centered enough because what, we, what the Scripture is telling us is the only thing that can come out of us is what's going in us. Thank you, guys. And I, I want to use this. this um, I'm, I may need hands for a minute because I don't know if I can do this. Would you just hold that up so people can see it? That is clear, clear water. And you hold this up, and I think this is some kind of discolorated water that they, people call tea. And so, and so what, what we have here is two things. Now, this is a, this is a sponge. Now, I, I want you to notice something. I'm going to stick this sponge in there, and this sponge is soaking up stuff. Is it getting lighter? Because it's supposed to be soaking it up. Do you feel it getting lighter? Are you getting sleepy? Are you feel, yeah. So this, this sponge is taken in. It's a new sponge. It's a good sponge, too. Boy, it's a real good sponge. It feels good. The top of it, you can rub it on your back like with soap and stuff, and you'll feel it real good. Now, that that sponge is taking in water. Now, I'm going to squeeze this sponge, and you notice what came out of there? The water that went in it. Now, we're going to do the same over here with this discolorated. Same thing. Only thing it's soaking up is what it's in. The only thing it's going to put out is what, comes, what went in it. It don't matter how many times I dip this in here, it's never going to look like this. And no matter how many times I dip this in here, it's never going to look like that. You guys get the point? The only thing, if you consider this you and your tongue, the only thing that's going to come out of you is what's going in you. That's all that's coming out. Same thing here. This is how we want it to be. Only thing going in, only thing coming out is what's going in. 
That's, thank you guys. I think that worked. I think they got the picture. Don't you think they got the picture? The only thing that can come out is what goes in you. And here's, here's the issue. And this is, what, this is what actually Jesus tells us. Jesus basically tells us we don't have a chance of having anything good or clear coming out of us without him changing the heart. If the only thing that's going to come out of me is what's in my heart, if my heart is unrighteous and I'm unholy and I'm, and I'm filthy and, and uh, distorted and twisted and disturbed, the only thing that's going to come out of my mouth is that same thing. There's no reason to talk to a man that's insane and think you're going to have a conversation of sanity because all that's going to come out of him is what's in him. And Jesus basically says, listen, this is a, this, what Proverbs is teaching us is true, but I got a newsflash. You don't stand a chance to fix that without me because Jesus is saying it's not really the tongue that's the problem. It's the heart that's the problem. It's what's going in that's the problem. And so this is, what, this is what we read in the Scripture. And again, this is out of the message. Listen to what Jesus said. He says, you have minds like a snake pit. Listen, how do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you're so foul-minded? You see the connection. How can you say anything right or worth anything if you're foul-minded? Minded, sorry. If, you're, if it's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. I like that. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. It's what's going on in the heart. It's what's going on in the mind. And the stuff you speak or the stuff you tweet or the stuff you put on Facebook is going to depend on what's in your heart. And a, a critical heart is going to produce a critical tongue. A self-righteous heart is going to produce a self-righteous uh, tongue. A bitter heart is going to produce a bitter tongue. Ungrateful heart is going to produce a grumbling mouth. That's just the way it goes. But the heart changer is the same one as the tongue tamer. Listen to this. Listen to what James said. And I'm about ready to wrap this up. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. But hear this. No one, turn to your neighbor and says, no one, no one, no one, no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil full of dead poison. There it is right there. No matter how we try ourselves, no one can tame it. If the heart is not fixed, the tongue will always speak jacked up because it's only going to put out what's in it. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when the heart becomes loving, then it'll produce a gracious tongue. When the heart becomes faithful, it'll produce a truthful tongue. When the heart becomes peaceful, it'll produce a reconciling tongue. And when the heart becomes trusting, it'll speak an encouraging word. That's where the heart condition comes in. 
And, and David had this right. Now, now, how many of you know, when you read the Psalms of David, David had some prayers about folks he didn't like. I mean, that he wanted God to jack them up. But then some of that stuff came back on him. And when some of that stuff came back on him, David fell into seasons and places of sin that he didn't even think was in him. And then he realized, I can't fix this on my own. I can't change this on my own. He went before the Lord, and this is what he said in Psalm 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's in, that's in Psalm 51.10. He says, Create in me a clean heart. And Lord, give me, renew in me a right spirit. And if you keep reading Psalm 51, after David says, give me a, a, a clean heart and renew my right spirit, then he says, then my tongue can praise you. Then I can glorify you. Then I can speak the things of life. It's not sacrifices you want. It's a contrite heart so I can do the things that glorify him. It's a clean heart and a renewed spirit. That's where the transformation comes in. Everybody all right? And so here's the win. I want to read that Ephesians passage again, but I want to read it, and it's, it's kind of um, uh, annotated. But listen to the flow of this. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds, and harden their hearts against him. Listen to this. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear him. Once that heart is changed, and that, that honestly only happens only one way, and that's to go to the heart fixer, or should I say the heart creator, and that's the almighty God through Jesus Christ. That's the only way it gets fixed. That's the only way it gets changed. Your tongue will always say the things it does, Waggle the way it waggles, yaks the way it yaks. Until you take your heart and your mind before the almighty God who's able to change the heart. And the one who changes the heart changes, tames the tongue. I want you to get this. We can't tame our tongue. The only way for the tongue to do what we want to do to glorify God is have the heart changed. I want everybody to stand if you would. I'm getting, out, getting you out of here early. Y'all owe me so much credit. It's incredible. But how many of you can say, man, that wasn't a long message, but I got it. I got the point. That, I got that. That worked. I'm going to give you a chance to go get some good lunch, get a good nap, watch NASCAR football, and get yourself back here for prayer at 6 o'clock tonight. Got time to do all that going to pray. We're going to have the prayer team come. Oh, I got one more verse I'll give you. Can I give you one more verse? Let me just give you one more verse. Oh, this is out of the message too. Listen, listen to this. Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, 
Christian have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. Thanksgiving is our dialect. That's how we talk. That's how we communicate. Prayer teams, you can come. We're going to go into a time of worship. Father, I thank you um, for the opportunity to share this word. Lord, it was brief, uh, but I think, I think I got it. I pray they got it. I pray we got it. Pray today, Lord God, will be for many of us an opportunity to recognize what needs to be done, that if, if there are things that come out of our mouth that is not encouraging, that's not uplifting, that's not helping, that's not for the building up, that's not for the forwardness of the life of the people that we're invested in, then what really needs to be changed is our heart. And so, Lord, for some today, it might be a total transformation of heart where they absolutely need transformation, a new heart where you come in. You become their Lord and their Savior. You become the Christ of their life, the anointed one that not only fixes their heart but redeems their soul. That might be the issue for some. And Father, for those that you're speaking to today, may they, may they respond to the call of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Holy Spirit, I pray you remind them that you You've come to give them new life. That Jesus Christ has died for all of their sins. And today can be a new day for them. Father, for some of us, we, we've been transformed. We've been made new. But we to let our hearts get a little corrupted and polluted or our minds a little corrupted and polluted. And it's just a matter of being obedient. Just a matter of surrendering our own will and our own flesh to you and allowing you to be the Lord over our heart and our mind like we've committed to so that the things that are spoken out of our mouth are just that, uplifting, encouraging, forwardness. Jesus, you're able, and I thank you for it. Father, as people come to the altar, some may come for healing. Some may come for baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some may come, Lord God, to confess you as Lord and Savior. Some may come to want to be baptized. Some may come because they just need someone to pray with them about a situation in their life. We pray that you be very present right here at this place, at this altar, as we exalt Christ and trust the Spirit to work in Jesus' name.